Hey y'all, welcome back to the Slayla Show. Um, it's been a little while. Um, some very major things have taken place in my life since the last time I got I talked to you guys, um, including my dad passing away, um, and me and my sister just kind of having to deal with what happens when a loved one passes away, getting their affairs in order, and just pretty much doing everything that we can to lay him to rest. Um, today, I did want to come back. Um, I have another podcast I'm actually going to release for you guys this month, if time allows. Hopefully it will. I think I can probably do it this week. But I wanted to talk about, um, essentially today, blaming single mothers. And I want to talk about this through the lens of Kanye West and his late mother, Dr. Donda West, and just a general trend I've noticed in the way that he has begun to speak about her more recently in the past couple of months, especially since... He has gotten ready to roll out, um, or he was getting ready to roll out Donda, and even now he's about to roll out Donda Two. I think it's supposed. I think it's getting released. Supposed to be getting released tomorrow, but you know, with Kanye, you never really know. Um, and just generally, some of the things I've heard him say in interviews, um, especially as he's been dealing with the fallback of publicly you know, uncoupling with his wife and all of his different attempts to get her back. It's a lot of stuff going on. I mean, I think in the best of times, Kanye West has always been extremely unhinged um, because of what is reportedly his refusal to be medicated for the various different mental health issues that he's dealing with, such as bipolar disorder um, and some other things. I think he has some other things that he's also dealing with too, probably definitely dealing with depression uh, in various different stages of his life, but it's been kind of sad to watch him deal with all of this. Um, and then also just to kind of just generally see like, as he's dealing with all of this, some of the different things that people are also saying about him. Um, I try to keep in mind that he is someone who is mentally unwell um, however, I don't think that's an excuse for some of the abusive behavior that we've seen him perpetuate um, over the past couple of years, really, right? Like, especially since he came out as a supporter of Donald Trump. It's been a lot of really weird things that have happened with Kanye West. I don't think any of us would have ever imagined when he first came out as an artist, like first really became really big back in 2003. Um, but not to drift too much away from what we're talking about today, I definitely want to discuss um, this concept of blaming single mothers. And when I say blaming single mothers, I'm talking about blaming them for tearing families apart, um, blaming them for essentially, you know, this this conversation, this dialogue that single mothers are, you know, the bad guy in many instances when a relationship, especially a union that has children involved, for some reason doesn't work out. Um, and usually it is not working out because of things that the man has done, uh, but then the, the blame just typically seems to fall onto the woman. So let's talk about that today. So first things first, um, I want to say, I believe Kanye West's mother died in either 2007, I think it was 2007, it was either 2007 or 2008 that she passed away um, while she was attempting to get cosmetic surgery. Uh, so she passed away. And up until that point, pretty much the entire time that Kanye West has been in the public eye, we've all known 
and it's been well documented, especially even in the first part of this three-part series on Netflix, Genius. I just watched it um, when it came out last week. You know, this it's been very well documented how close he was to his mother, how much his mom meant to him, um, just the various complexities of their relationship and how she was pretty much the person had, that, you know, from the very, very beginning, from the very gate, like all mothers do, right, supported her, her son and his dreams to become a rapper, to become, you know, and a, a, a Grammy-winning, Grammy-nominated producer before he even put out an album, all these different things, um, and how close they were, how how strong of a foundation their relationship really had, and how she was really just his rock, right? She was, like, the steady part of his life. It's said somewhere in the documentary by Cootie that, you know, the bigger Kanye got, the more he wanted his mother around. And I can only suspect um, and speculate that that's probably because the more fame that he came into, probably the more grounded he needed to feel. And, and who who better to make you feel grounded um, than your mother, especially if you historically and traditionally had that kind of relationship with her? So, um, you know, 2007, 2008, his mother passes away. Um, and not right off the bat, but you kind of start to see this shift in how he is. Uh, I would believe in 2008, he released 808s and Heartbreaks, which was unlike anything he had ever released before. The album was very dark. Some people have described it as like, you know, that was like the beginning of the emergence of like this emo, almost like SoundCloud rap type of sound. So he releases that album. And um, of course, it's critically acclaimed, like everything he does. But... Um, Things start to shift and start to get weird at the, around the same time. He starts to date Amber Rose, which isn't necessarily weird or like off-putting in any way, but his behavior begins to change. In 2009 is when he has the whole Taylor Swift situation at the MTV Awards while he's attempting to, you know, basically stand up for and validate Beyonce. And things just start to get, you know, he starts to, he had always, even before this time, right, he had kind of presented this attitude of like you know extreme confidence um I wouldn't say at that point that any of us would have characterized it necessarily as like narcissism but um those days would soon come right because in the years following his mother's death it definitely took a shift and it definitely started to look and sound a lot like just like very weird like these this this overblown type of confidence that isn't normal you know that definitely comes from like experiencing mental health issues and you know narcissism essentially right so all that starts happening and still in these years up until i want to say maybe 2019 2020 because even in 2020 they were still published publishing articles about how emotional he felt about his mother's death even still even though at that point they were almost you know they were 13 almost 12, 13 years removed, and not saying that, especially as someone who just lost a parent, not saying that, you know, over time it's supposed to affect you less, you're supposed to feel a certain way, but um, up until that point, the dialogue and the rhetoric surrounding his mother's death was still very, like, he was very appreciative of her, he was very happy about, you know, the time that they did have together. And he was still very sad and distraught over the fact that she was no longer here with us. Um, and this, you know, this has been, for the most part, the dialogue up until I want to say, like, maybe 2020. Like, he was still, like, really talking about his mother in a way that um, 
I guess, you know, was was like praising her or in a positive way. This is going to shift um, in 2021 when he starts rolling out the album Donda. And I think a lot of this has to do also with like him needing to kind of explain like the failure of his relationship with Kim and, you know, um, trying to make sense of all these different drastic changes that are currently going on in his life. And keep in mind, like he's experiencing these really drastic changes while also being someone who is very well documented as having mental health issues and also being someone who's very well documented of not wanting to be on medication, not wanting to medicate himself. So he's experiencing all these things at the same time, which cannot be easy for him. Um, and I think it's, it's, you know, it's, it's becoming, it's getting worse, becoming worse because he refuses to be medicated. So in 2021, uh, I noticed he went on to a show called Drink Champs. And apparently, since his mother has passed away, he and his father have become closer, which I think is great, right? But the conversation has shifted, the rhetoric has shifted now to where he is claiming that when his mother took him and moved from Atlanta to Chicago, that she separated her family. She took him away from his father and basically told his father that, you know, he basically couldn't have shit to do with his son. And it's the way in which he's saying these things that he is placing blame on his mother um, he has come out, you know, he's, I, I don't know if he's truly conservative, but he definitely has said things that are very much anti-liberal towards liberal politicians, liberal thoughts, liberal ideas. Um, and that's whatever, you know, he's entitled to his own opinion. Mommy. And, um, hold on, baby. I'll get you some in a second. Okay. I want some okay. I'll get you some in a second. Um, that's my daughter, but, um, basically what is happening here is that we are seeing the conversation shift, right? So he talks about how he said this in the, in the, in the drink champs interview. And I was like, shook. I was like, why is he doing this? Like he dead ass said, he was like, you know, my mom, she basically destroyed our family. She took me away from my father so I didn't get to be with my father. She took me away from my best friend. I'm like, you know, this is the thing about that. Like you are saying these things, but you personally as a child, even then, and even if it's been explained to you, you don't know the dynamics that exist in that relationship to where your mother felt like she had to separate herself and you from your father. Like you have no idea. And this conversation is part of a larger conversation that I see constantly perpetuated anytime we're talking about single mothers, either time, you know, anytime we're talking about co-parenting, Anytime we're talking about the dynamics that exist between two people that share a, ch a child or children and they're not in a relationship together, they don't live together, whatever the case may be. Um, what I think is really interesting here is that he's perpetuating this conversation. Um, and he said this several other times since he said that that was the first time that I heard him say that. He said it in one of his Instagram posts because he's been on an Instagram tirade like for the past two months, um, essentially attacking Kim Kardashian, attacking her motherhood style, um, attacking Pete Davidson, the fact that, you know, he and Kim Kardashian are currently in a relationship together. It's been a lot of stuff that's going on. Like these are it, it's weird to watch what we're seeing. And to really see it for what it is, um, and to look at it through the larger context of like, you know, I personally am beginning to feel like Kim and Kanye are personally just not safe right now. 
Because I just kind of feel like, you know, he's he's like in a very manic episode right now. He, like, he's literally flailing and spiraling. It's super, super scary to watch. It's not funny at all. Like, it's not even entertaining. I know these are celebrities, but this shit is not funny. It's not entertaining. Especially if you've been in a relationship with someone who refused. Like, you're trying to break up with this person. This person refused to be broken up with. I have been in that position before. Um, it's scary. It's scary having to sit there and explain to somebody, hey, I don't want to be with you. And then like not believing you, them not wanting to believe you. You're telling them clear as day and they don't want to believe it. That shit is scary. It does present a danger to you. And I hope that when she, Kim Kardashian and Kanye do go to court together, that they're able to really flesh out what's happening. That they're able to essentially, um, she's able to get some type of protection for herself. Um... His conversation about his mother, him blaming his mother for ripping their family apart, um, I find it to be highly, highly misogynistic. Um, I'm going to say this now, and I want you to remember I said this because this day is coming. Kanye West has some type of weird vendetta towards black women, and that is starting to manifest itself in the way that he discusses his mother and the way that he discusses black people, the way that he discusses uh, black family structures, so on and so forth. He has some type of weird vendetta against black women. I'm saying that now because it's very obvious to me. It's obvious to other people that I know who are like, you know, people who analyze and look at and research um, black women and black motherhood and black families, um, black politics, the way that politics intersect with the way that black families live, thrive and exist in this country and around the world. Right. But um, I'm saying it here first. Kanye West has some type of he has some type of weird vendetta against black women, um, and it's very strange to see um, him, someone who who actively, publicly, and very you know vibrantly and vividly supported the Trump regime. Now essentially accuse his wife, his ex-wife, soon-to-be ex-wife of essentially, you know, being anti-black. It's just, it's weird. Like, it's so, it's like, you know, I never would have thought in any position that um, we would be having these conversations about him pulling the black card, especially since he's been so opposite from wanting to do that the past, you know, five, six years, damn near. So, Back to what I was saying, though. Um, Kanye West. So, <laughs> this guy. Um, this conversation about his mother, you also in him blaming the mother. Just like his mother, you know, his mother being a black woman. But this conversation about him blaming mothers has also reared its ugly head in regard to how he feels about his soon-to-be ex-wife, Kim Kardashian. You know, um, I don't think... People, I don't understand how people still don't get this, but like when it comes to parenting, mothers take on the brunt of the responsibility. Now, in regard to Kim Kardashian, I know that she's extremely wealthy. She can afford to have nannies, so on and so forth. But when Kanye up and moved to Wyoming, he was not concerned with the physical, you know, like I'm sure, he, of course, he cares about his children, right? But he moved to a whole different state and left his wife. And whatever hired help they had to essentially care for his children while he was on his ranch in Wyoming. I find it hard to reconcile that and the attacks that he's currently making on her and has been making on her for the past two months in regard to her. You know, he's put this shit in song lyrics. 
He didn't talk about her on Instagram. He didn't talk about her, you know, in interviews. I really find that really hard to reconcile when you were the person that moved all the way to Wyoming. And granted, it might have been for your mental health. But also, who was a person that was orchestrating everything and holding everything down while you were gone? It was Kim. She was doing the very best that she could to raise her four kids. Whether that she, I mean, and you know, we have to also, y'all, y'all, look, you have to stop criticizing women for hiring help when it comes to taking care of their children. Um, I have a babysitter on call that I can call pretty much anytime. Also, my sister, uh, Celeste's aunt, helps me out with my with my daughter. Um, my mom, when she was before she got sick and before she was in the hospital, absolutely helped me out with my daughter. Parenting in the most traditional sense, even when you are in a, even if you're in a healthy relationship where you do have support from your husband, and your husband is an active parent, he's there. Parenting for both parties is hard, right? But parenting is especially hard for single moms and for just mothers in general. We are held to a different expectation. I don't care like who wants to sit here and try to deny it. We're held to a different expectation. As mothers, we are held to an absolute different expectation for what it means to actually take care of our children what it means to go forth and like, you know, essentially be a parent. We don't get to mess up. There are no mess ups for us. There are no mistakes for us. You know, we don't get to walk away from our families for, you know, a number of years, then come back and be like, I know I want to be in my child's life. Uh, Yeah. And if a mom does do that, you better believe she's being ostracized and shitted on the entire time because that's not something that moms typically do because we do not have the social capital or freedom to even move like that. So it's really just disheartening to kind of see Kanye talk about Kim like that as well, just because I know, and so do other moms, like I know how hard it is, even if you have help, even if you have help, it is extremely, like, why do you think moms are hiring help? Because being a parent is fucking hard. It's difficult. Being a mom is hard, especially if you're a single mom, like being pretty much the sole financial, mental, emotional anchor for your child and your children is hard as hell. I um I want to talk about this as well. So in his attacks against Kim, um, you also get to see a lot of, like I said, this this idea of him wanting to like leverage race um, and him assuming that, you know, he said something the other day that Kim has been like her mind has been abducted by the liberals and he blamed Corey Gamble, Chris Jenner's boyfriend, for essentially doing this to Kim. Um, and is now basically saying that, you know, essentially his kids, you know, he wants to protect his black children from, I guess, the clutches of white liberalism that his mother, that their mother and their family has fallen into, which is really fucking weird to me because I don't know, like even when Kim Kardashian was working with Trump, um, you know, I think she was doing this because she knew wanted to she wanted to get people out of jail and she knew she needed to work with whatever political regime was in place at, in power at, at that point in time. But I have never taken from Kim Kardashian that she is the most, you know, conservative person in the world. That's never crossed my mind, especially if you consider how she even came into this business, her family. Um, I don't know, like really the only person that's ever out of her family seemed ultra conservative to me was Bruce Jenner. But the rest of them, I don't know. I don't know. And the people's politics the more that I talk about and do social critiques, the more I see how people are complex and how they, they differ on varying different topics and issues and how sometimes they lie this way, sometimes they lie the other way, sometimes they're somewhere in the middle. It's really interesting to kind of think about and to talk about and discuss and to analyze. Um, but Kanye West, not only does he have some kind of weird vendetta against black women, he has some type of vendetta against women, I think, as well, too. A lot of his conversations surrounding Kim have been about control 
have been about, you know, like he said the whole line in the song with uh, the guy, what's that rapper from New York, Fabio? He says the whole thing like he should he should thank me. I let him have my wife. You know, it's like you can't let like this woman has been trying to actively get rid of your ass for almost a year at this point. Yeah, about a year. Like she had to file to be legally separated from your ass because you didn't want to sign the papers. Like literally refusing to be broken up with. That shit is crazy to me. Um, this blaming of single moms, I think, is manifesting itself in his um his desire to control Kim and to control this narrative and to control essentially how the public perceives him and how it perceives Kim and how it perceives this whole situation. But like, you know, him, it started off with his mom. And the reason I named this podcast and I kind of like advertised the way that I did is because you can clearly see that link between he thinks that Kim is trying to do with their children what he perceives his mother did with him, which is separate him from his father, which he feels had a negative impact on him throughout you know, the course of his life. And it very well could have if he interpreted it to be that way. If it was really that way, we never will really know. I suspect it probably wasn't because I've seen this shit play out a thousand times. Typically when a woman is leaving whoever she had her child with, like that's not a, a light choice that people just make for funsies. Um, nobody, I know, and some, some women truly want to be single mothers and want to raise their children alone. But typically I feel in the situation that's revolving around Donda and Kanye West's father, I don't think that that was necessarily the case. A lot of times women are ending up single parents because they have to leave for their, for, you know, for the well-being of themselves and for their children. And then there's that tough question also, like how good of a mother can you be, even if you think the father of your child's a good father, if he's abusing you, if he's belittling you, if he is, you know, financially, emotionally, and mentally sabotaging you to the point that, you know, you're on the brink of your own fucking sanity, he's not a good, he's not a good father and he's not a good parent because who would do that to the other parent? Knowing that they also have a stake in their child, knowing that they also have to care for their child, so on and so forth, who would do that? Who would do that? Like what good father what good parent would do that to the other parent? And especially when you're considering like the pitfalls that so many single mothers face, no one is just like picking up their shit and just walking away from the father of their child because, oh my God, that's what I want to do. It's going to be great. It's going to be fun. That's a decision that comes with a lot of stress, a lot of forethought to it, a lot of courage that you have to put forth to even make that kind of decision because it's hard. I don't care how much education you have. I'm educated. I have a great job. I make enough money to do whatever the fuck I pretty much want to at this point and stage in my life. And I suspect it's only going to get better. But it's still hard. It's still hard. I'm the only person that cooks for my child, cleans for her. I'm the only person that puts up money for her to make sure she can go to school, that takes her to the doctor, pays for her health insurance. It's difficult. It is really, really difficult. And I don't think any woman is making this decision lightly, no matter how much money, prestige, whatever. Like, yeah, if you have those things, you can afford to pay for extra support. But mentally and emotionally and physically, being a mother does something to you that cannot be replicated. It can barely be explained. Like, even trying to put the shit into words is extremely difficult, right? Um, yeah, he's going to continue to perpetuate this, this uh, dialogue, though, about Kim tearing up their family and separating their family. And what's really pissing me off is that someone who's a Christian, he's pulling and using religion as like an excuse of God's going to bring my family back together. And I, you know, I don't think that that's necessarily a bad thing to say, especially if he genuinely means that. 
But I also think that there's a lot of accountability that's missing on his part. You know, there's still this speculation that he cheated on this woman while she was pregnant. And that he cheated on her again after they had the two kids. And that he went on a whole rampage in front of his uh, his entourage during his Life of Pablo tour about how he'd been, you know, smashing on groupies and stuff like that. And I'm like, you know, at some point in time, not to mention just, y'all cannot sit here and tell me as we have observed their relationship over the past 10, 12 years, as it hasn't come off as extremely controlling or whatever the case may be. Turn it off. Celeste, turn it off and go play with your tablet, okay? So, sorry, y'all. That's my child in the background, parenting and podcasting. Um, definitely going to talk about that some more this season. So, yeah, you know, just watching him um, over the past, I think they started dating in 2012. Since 2012, it's been like a whole 10-year saga of like watching the various ways in which, yes, he has amplified, re-energized, and broadened her entire brand. Like Kanye West is the reason that that, um, Kim Kardashian is a billionaire. Um... And he has, you know, he's done a lot for their whole entire family's brand and how they've been able to expand and how they've been able to shake and move and how, you know, they've all increased their net worth because of, like, his influence, which nobody can take that away from him, right? But that doesn't mean that Kim has to stay in a relationship where she feels fucking unappreciated. You know, I can't, you know, I would absolutely consider it the end of my relationship if my husband... No matter how wealthy we are, because wealthy people buy properties all over the world, right? But if he's making his primary residence in middle America when me and the rest of, you know, me and our four kids are living in Los Angeles, it, it it's giving you don't want to fucking be around us. And I can't really blame Kim for feeling the way that she's felt over the past couple of years in regard to like having to figure out what is it that I really want? What's, you know, what really makes me happy? Is this the kind of relationship I want to be in? I kind of, you know, and she said this towards the end of like keeping up with the Kardashians. She talks about how she wants to be with somebody who she could share the small things with. And I think that's very profound. I think it goes back and it really illuminates like people are. People, you know, get in relationships at the end of the day, no matter how much money and prestige is there, if the relationship is not built on love, empathy, mutual respect for each other. It doesn't matter how many materialistic things that you have. It's just not going to work out. It's not going to work out. And I think that she finally came to that realization. I hate that for her. I am not a Kim Kardashian fan. And I say that not to like, you know, but I don't like Kim Kardashian. Because I've seen a lot of people, a lot of criticism about like framing these conversations that way. I've been very vocal about my disdain for her and her entire family since they've been in existence. Right. But I also think um, it's kind of sad to, it is, it's, it's sad to watch that she's going through this and that there are people who do not have sympathy for her simply for the fact that she is Kim Kardashian. Um, it's sad to watch him continue to blame his mother and for him to rationalize his feelings right now and the feelings of like, you know, what's going on with his uncoupling and his separation divorce from Kim and tying that back into his mother and essentially once again, finding a woman to place the blame on. Well, my mom took me away from my dad and she destroyed our relationship and that ruined me. And she did that because, you know, his mother was a tenured fucking English professor at a major university in Illinois, was the head of a department, the English department at that university. I want to say it was University of Chicago. I can't remember exactly what which university she was at, but she was a tenured professor. And he dead ass said in that Dream Traps interview, he was like, my mom 
because some white people offered her a job. You know, she took me and she moved away from my father and she took me away from my best friend. And I'm like, my nigga, like, how are you? It's it's like, it's the hate that you have for black women at this point. Like, how are you blaming your mother for taking a life-changing opportunity where she was going to be able to provide for you? You don't personally know what was going on in your mother and your father's relationship to where she felt like she needed to leave him and get the fuck away from him and take you with her. You cannot sit there and say that. And it's it's giving disrespectful as fuck, to be honest, for someone who claims to love their mother so much. It's giving like ungrateful. It's giving disrespectful. It's giving like this disillusionment with how how relationships and how these things really work. And then to make matters worse, we continue on the same line of thought that he has about women and about them being the ones to blame when the relationship falls apart and about them being the ones that separate families and take the children away. This whole shit about him, about Kim uh, keeping the kids away from him. You know, to be honest, I'm surprised that she has not legally filed paperwork to keep her kids away from him because right now he is unhinged. He is in a severe manic episode. He is. Like, that shit is very obvious to anybody who's watching how unhinged he is. Somebody said it might be drugs, like he might be using recreational drugs. I don't really believe that. I also, you know, I also don't think he should necessarily be punished for being mentally ill. But he also, there has to be some type of plan in place where he can get the kind of help he needs. Otherwise, he doesn't need to be around his children. Because it's only a matter of time before he begins attacking them. Um... Azealia Banks, bless her heart, and I typically don't agree with shit she says because I think she's just very child, please. But she um, she kind of mentioned this. She said that, you know, it's only a matter of time before he begins to attack North. And I, I kind of feel the same way. I feel like as their children get older, um, if they don't do specifically what he wants them to do, he will also begin to attack them. And it's, it just seems to be this thing about control with Kanye that I really want him to get under control for himself. Um, but I also just want, I want us to like really clearly see this, this parallel between the way that he's talking about his mother, single motherhood, and the way he's also talking about Kim Kardashian. You know, it's only a matter of time before, you know, she's a young, beautiful billionaire. Like, yes, she's going to be dating. Like I always get so confused. Um, even like just flashback to 2015 when Sierra started dating Russell Wilson and the backlash that she got. It's like these women are young, beautiful, and rich. Like being a single mom, it's not holding shit back. It's not holding any man back from trying to be with any of us. None of that. And I cannot wait to expound on that in my next podcast about single motherhood and dating. But um, yeah, while while those are tricky waters to navigate, like you cannot expect a woman that's young, beautiful, and rich has whatever she wants at her fingertips to not want to date, to not want to be happy, to not want to be in a relationship with someone. Especially when she's been, Kim has publicly watched her husband enter into several different relationships, be parading hoes around. Like, we see the ones on the news. I follow all the celebrity gossip blogs. It's way, it was way more than just Serena Shake and Julia Fox. It was at least like three or four of the girls that this nigga has been fucking on and funding, buying clothes, all this different stuff, y'all. Like, it is... It's a lot to take in. So that being said, I'm going to wrap up here. I'm going to let you guys enjoy this podcast. And I will see you again before the end of the month to release my podcast on single motherhood and dating. Because let's really get into it. There's a lot to discuss here. A lot of different celebrities, case studies that we can look at. And I can't wait for you guys to hear it. Take care. I'll see you soon.